Welcome to the early December edition of the Wally World Podcast brought to you by the Lake St. Clair Walleye Association. So this month we have a lot of good things going on in terms of club events, but uh, in terms of the podcast, we have some cool things regarding dialing in the fall bite. I'll have past president Don Murray talk about how he found the bite, um, and then we'll transition to talking to two of our board of director members, Jeff Vantori and Eric Lenz, on how they dialed in the program and some of their theories on why that bite was there. In other news, we have a huge announcement in terms of our premier walleye tournament we helped put on with our local sponsors, Lake St. Clair May Madness 2019. But I won't spoil it. I'll let Jeff talk about that later on. And um, so December 19th is our general membership meeting, which is our Christmas party. We'll have a potluck dinner. Great food there. And we'll be giving away some custom lures and regular lures as part of a lure tree raffle. You enter the raffle, buy tickets, and you have a great shot at winning a tree chock full of lures. That'll help set you up for 2019 in terms of trolling and casting, everything you want to do. Definitely check that out, and the proceeds go right back to the club. Help us do the great things that we do for our members and the local community. January 10th through 13th is the Ultimate Fishing Show in Novi, Michigan. The club will have a booth there. Definitely stop by if you want to chat with us or learn more about the club. We'd love to meet you and talk more about what we do. And then uh, January 16th is our January membership meeting for anyone that wants to check it out. We have an excellent speaker lined up. I don't want to spoil it yet, so I won't. (laughs) And then January 26th is the Cold as Ice tournament that we help put on with 94.7 WCSX, which is a local classic rock radio station here in Southeast Michigan. And the day after, January 27th, is our Kids Ice Outing, where we help educate kids and show them the joy of fishing on the lake. All of this is weather permitting, but they're great things. We have a lot of things going on in these winter months. Um, It's definitely not a slow time for club business. But we want to make sure that we spend enough time to help people learn dialing in an effective walleye program, and more importantly, coming to check out Lake St. Clair and the wonderful fishery it is for walleyes. If you're not local to the area, I'm sure you can glean some knowledge with dialing in the crankbait and bottom bouncing program, and that's the point of this episode, to share knowledge. Another thing I'm excited to announce is that the Lake St. Clair Walleye Association and this podcast has partnered with Renegade Outdoor Innovations to bring our club members an exclusive discount on all their custom baits. If you want to check out their lineup of baits, go to Facebook and look up Renegade Outdoor Innovations, like their page, and visit their storefront online, which is www.renegadeoutdoorinnovations.com. You have to be a member to get this benefit. I won't share it on the podcast, but if you're at one of our meetings, you'll get the information and we'll share that discount code with you. Renegade Outdoor Innovations is out of Minnesota and they offer an outstanding lineup of crankbaits, custom soft plastics, glide baits, and casting bluers such as rip and wraps. And their natural patterns are unmatched by any manufacturer that I've found. I really like their perch. That spot tail shiner looks unbelievably realistic. And there's many other unique patterns that I feel that a lot of fish have not seen yet on the Great Lakes Basin. So definitely check them out. Thank you for the benefit for our club members. We really appreciate it. With that said, we'll transition to the next portion of the podcast where we did a live interview at one of our main sponsors, Rosemack Bingo Hall's location in the poker room. Now, no one was playing poker, but we were able to secure a table, commandeer it, put some mics up, and do some interviews. So The audio quality might not be quite as good as you're used to, but I assure you the knowledge and the information that will help you be a better fisherman is there. So 
check it out. And we thank you so much for listening to The Walleye World. I'm with past president Don Murray. He's our current membership secretary. Membership secretary. And uh, Don's a great guy, great angler, and he's been on a phenomenal bite on Lake St. Clair, which a lot of people overlook. So, Don, I'll have you talk a little bit about that fall bite that you were on. Um, it's definitely exciting to see some guys in our club on a good bite when it's uh, pretty quiet, but it's also cool to share that experience with other people and get people involved. So, Don, tell us a little bit about what you were doing out there, general area you were fishing, and uh, some of the tactics you used. All right, well, it's pretty simple stuff, really. A lot of it's bottom bouncing and pulling crankbaits, and I'm, I got to hand the crankbait bite uh, Jeff and Eric, the, the, the bandit baits and the deep diving husky jerks. And I've been fishing this lake for years, and these young guys are showing me some stuff, and I've just <laughs> been using some of that in conjunction with the old technique, you know, just straight three-way bottom bouncing. And plus, I don't know, it's just phenomenal this year. The perch are great. The the salmon even on Lake Michigan, all of a sudden they're 30-pound fish. Where they come from? Yeah. I'm not knocking the DNR. They really do try. They're pretty good people and stuff. But Mother Nature just has a way about it. And these walleyes are just every place. No matter all year they've been. I caught over 100 this year at the South Channel early okay. spring doing the same stuff. They're mm-hmm. just every place. So back in 1988 when I really started getting out in the lake, Gary Roach came to one of our meetings one time. And he had a quarter ounce jig head, white body, red body with a fuzzy grub white tail. And I used to go out to the buoy 25 here and just anchor and just sit there and jig. And I'd limit out on walleyes back in 1988. So I got something no bigger than my thumb and I can go out there and limit. And I said, these fish gotta be just every place at times. Mm-hmm. And so they moved uh, naturally and stuff. So, but lately my one buddy, he was perch fishing just a few weeks ago, down by the Delphine area. So eight times his slip barber went down, and six of them were walleyes. So what's that tell you? They're there. Exactly. <laughs> so I just started working at Mary's and stuff, and just it's we're catching 20, 30 a day at times. And Unreal. it's just, just nice-sized fish. And then just last Sunday, or was that Sunday we were out? Yes. Sunday. Um, kind of, the water dirty up a little bit, so it kind of changed uh, the couple days prior to that, I was using a deep diving clown husky jerk, 40 foot back, all day catching fish, all day with it, plus bottom bouncers. What depth of water were you targeting? Well, not that I'm targeting, it's just there. Mm-hmm. But generally 16 foot, the closer you get downstream from the Gross Point Yacht Club towards the uh, Delphine, it shallows up a little bit somewhat, okay. the structure changes and stuff. But if you go out towards the ship channel, it gets a little deeper. So, so within a three, four mile radius, really. And uh, so then Rich started pulling, uh, I think he had a wild thing out there. Wild thing, not thing. And uh, about 35, 38 foot back, he was pounding fish with it. So then Sunday it dirtied up a little bit, so I started a little more towards the yacht club. And as I was launching, another buddy of mine who used to be a club member come out there, and I told him where I was at. And they were pulling wire. They caught over 40 fish Unreal. on clowns just back and forth on that area. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they're just all over out there. It's just Mother Nature's providing it. <laughs> I, it's, just, it's just been a good year. So just bottom bouncing, all I use is a three-ounce sinker for the most part, 15, 20-inch drop of maybe 20-pound test line with anywhere between two, three, four-foot liters and snap on some uh, – that, that John Latham's got some good custom colors. 
mm-hmm. and just regular repellers. One that worked Sunday good for us was the standard jointed orange white jointed repeller tip with a minnow. That mm-hmm. caught a lot of bottom bouncing fish with that. Where'd you tip the minnow on? Just right on the back hook. Okay. And uh, half the time, we probably lost 12 fish. And you could, sometimes you can feel them when they're on the bait. You get them halfway in. Yep. Other times you can feel them and the minnow's gone. They just, they're so good they can rip the minnow off. And, you know, we just think we know what we're doing out there. Just so you put another one on and hope another one catches the hook. You know, <laughs> so just simple stuff, really. Yeah. So a couple of things for the listeners here. Uh, the area Don's referencing is on the south side of Lake St. Clair, and, and this has just been a year-round phenomenal fishery on our lake. Um, definitely check it out. Uh, Don yeah. referenced a bait in particular named Wild Thing. That's a stock color on a bandit deep-diving walleye lure. Outstanding bait. Um, Don, another thing I noticed that you different you do different than some of the other guys that bottom bounces, you use pencil weights with a lead versus a wire mm-hmm. bottom bouncer. Can you explain why that's the reason you use that technique? I, number one, it's easier to put in the boat, number one. <laughs> yep. And the wire thing, to me, you know, you got, if you think about it, the tip of the wire is on the, on the bottom, so you got maybe a foot or two up where the sinker is, or the weight, or the lead, I should say. And that's just all flopping around, which is good, but that sinker, it's just hitting and ripping weeds and stuff, just kicking stuff up, and it just lay, I think it just lays better. I don't have to worry about whether I'm dragging the wire on the bottom or the lead or combinations thereof. And it's just, I've been using it for, I don't know, I've been fishing this lake for years. And that's all I ever do. And I, I like them better, really. So mm-hmm. just a three ounce, standard three ounce weight for me. And if I fish the channels, I can still use a three ounce weight. See, like the middle channel, there's some 55 foot holes there. Mm-hmm. You get up a, ahead of the holes and you just put your rods out and you just let them free fall and one day you might need 80 foot out when that three ounces just touch and all of a sudden you see the rod just loading up and the fish has got it mm-hmm. next day maybe 90 feet because of the wind or wind speed you know current all that type stuff sure but just standard three ounce and just i make my own up and they're just easy to use that's all but very nice and then just to help out the listeners um your trolling speed are you crawling pretty slow this time of the year when that water's pretty cold well, I tried to, but like Sunday when we were out there, we were getting surges with the wind. Mm-hmm. So I somewhat try to pay attention to that, but sometimes it just, I, I try to pay attention, not go real fast, but that uh, a couple of days prior to that, we were going two mile an hour, still catching them. Hmm. These fish aren't stupid. They can catch a fish in four mile an hour if they want to. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they'll die. So if I knew the answer day to day, I'd be dangerous. That's all I can <laughs> yeah. tell you. And like I was telling these guys Sunday, the lake is so big, the only way to tame it is kind of tag team a little bit and stuff, you know. Yeah. Other than that, I don't, just put your time in. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Well, Don, we appreciate everything that you do for this club and also for sharing your knowledge and getting people on a bite. Uh, I've seen a lot of people on social media able to enjoy that bite because if you uh, posting about it and helping people enjoy the resource. And I truly believe Lake St. Clair is an underrated gem of walleye oh, fishery. There's plenty to go around. No, no need Absolutely. to have no fighting on it, that's for sure. Yep. And no need to keep secrets here. We're, our yeah. club is about educating and helping people enjoy this fishery. So, Don, thank you so much for your time, and uh, thanks for everything you do for the club. We really appreciate it. I mean, no problem. <laughs> it's mostly fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Sometimes it's a problem. Okay, so the next uh, couple guys I have as a guest on this month's podcast is Jeff Van Torrey and Eric Lenz, teammates. Uh, 
They fish together on the Michigan Walleye Tour, both board of director members, very involved in the Lake St. Clair Walleye Association, and um, all around good guys, guys I consider my friends. And um, they, too, have been able to enjoy some of that south end of the lake bite, and they put together a pretty excellent program. Jeff, Eric, I'll let you introduce yourselves, and we'll talk a little bit about that bite. Well, thanks for the introduction, Rob. I really appreciate the kind words. Um, both myself and Eric, we got to get on the fall bite. Uh, we were talking to Don Murray from the club, and he's been out there putting in work and grinding real hard. And he kind of pointed us in the right direction Sunday morning, and we just ran our program that we've been running pretty much all fall and uh, just fell into place. Fish were there, and it just nah, it took us a little bit to get on them. But once we got on them, it was just it was ridiculous how many fish are in that system right now. And uh, I'm sure if we get ice, it's going to be a pretty good winter out there as well. Absolutely. Do you guys want to share the general area? Uh, so where we started off was just south of the Delphine Channel. Um, usually this time of year, the fish kind of load up in there. I think uh, part of that is the lake starts to tighten up, starts to funnel down. So I think that there's uh, you know, a big thing on, on Lake St. Clair is the current. There's certain areas that are, are are known as being good fish spots. And the more you start to understand current, the, the more you start to understand why those fish are where they are. So I think a, a big part of that is the, the fish want to stage relatively close to their spawning grounds, which would be the Detroit River, Upper mm -hmm. Detroit River. Um, and the current brings food to them. Um, so w we started off just south of Delphine Channel, uh, fished that area, fished over the top of the Delphine. Um, weren't really finding the marks that we were looking for. Um, water was very, very dirty. Uh, there was a few other boats that were working that area. They didn't look like they were really doing much of anything. Um, we wanted to make a run to some cleaner water. Um, we considered going over to the Canadian uh, South Shore, uh, similar to where we ended up. Um, same, same idea, same premise. You know, lakes narrowing down, tightening up, a lot of current coming through there. Uh, but we weren't able to get a satellite image of the lake, so we didn't want to start driving around looking for cleaner water and just find more dirty water. Um, ended up talking to Don. He said that um, he was a little bit slow at that time, but they were getting some good marks. We figured, you know what, let's move up further north. Let's get in that area. Let's see if we can get some of those fish to trigger. Um, kind of the, the ticket was um, we weren't really marking a lot of fish per se. The ones that we were marking were right at the bottom. Um, it's something that we, we learned a hard lesson when we fished the uh, Cabela's MWC in Lorraine this year. Um, a lot of people will say that the more active fish are up higher in the column, and that is very true. However, um, when fish are on the bottom, they, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're just laying there. They might actively be feeding at the bottom um, on, say, uh, primarily perch, um, some shad, a lot of the, the bait fish that kind of orient towards the, the bottom half of the water column. Um, gobies, exactly. And um, so we got in there. We kind of uh, ran a program that we've been running all year, uh, just hovering the baits right over top of the bottom, a foot off the bottom, and uh, put it right in front of their nose, kind of entice them. I think uh, another thing, too, when that water gets dirty like that, a lot of fish w won't really suspend. Um, they use the bottom to kind of navigate, so it's another reason why to target the, the bottom bottom area and the bottom half of the column. Um, ran a lot of different baits. Um, the, 
lot of the baits that I, we thought were going to go wouldn't go. We put a lot of loud stuff down there, snap weighted some bombers. That didn't work. Reef runner, that didn't work. Uh, found out that bandits were kind of the ticket. Um, there was We had a few colors that were really good for us, and uh, seemed like once, once we got one fish, we kind of went with that color, and we had over a 40 fish day and a couple really nice fish. Jeff, I talked to you pretty soon after you guys wrapped up that trip. Can you tell us about the water conditions and maybe some of the key patterns on those baits that helped you dial in that bite? When we first started off south of uh, Delphi, like Eric was talking about, that water was was pretty pretty bad. I mean, there's probably maybe six inches of visibility, if that, four to six inches. Like Eric stated before, um, got a hold of Don, and Don was up north more, and he was marking, and uh, we figured we'd make a run up there, and that water was a little bit cleaner. You could just make out the cavitation play on the boat. Uh, you had maybe about eight, eight, ten inches of visibility. It's not too much better, but it's a little bit better. Um, I was fishing primarily all custom color crankbaits on my side of the boat. Um, I started off with um, with a bandit I call prototype. It's kind of got like a fire tiger pattern to it, real bright bellies on it. And, um, and we actually got our first fish on that. Um, fishing on the inside, 60 down, it's probably 15, 60 back, 15 feet down, probably going a mile an hour, one one mile an hour, one, two, but we were started surging a little bit. Um, got a couple fish on that, made another rip back through. Um, I think we sent out, what we sent out next? We sent out a uh, uh, oh, stock color uh, bandit in uh, Marvin. Uh, it's primarily pink and purple with a chartreuse belly on it, and that thing just went off. And um, so then I started tinkering around with uh, similar color patterns, more pinks, more chartreuses mixed in, and they just started firing. Eric threw on a, a, Huff, a JT Custom Huff Daddy, which is uh, a purple, pink, and chartreuse, and, and she started getting hit on that. Um, so primarily everything with bright, loud colors worked for, you know, worked for us. Bad girl, bad dude from JT, um, they just started firing off. So just... Once we found a pattern, I tried to stretch it on my side. Like we could start getting everything 60, 60 back, 15 feet down. Then I would go 65. Then I would go 70, see if they would entice it more. Um, I'd start mixing in some other colors with some with some pink on there to see if they would bite that too. But it was primarily just that Marvin, bad girl, bad dude. Um, I think we got one on Buck Nasty, which is like primarily or bright orange, um, huff and puff. Everything with pinks and purples and chartreuse in it was hot. I think what Jeff and I do really well together is – if one of our sides is kind of firing, then it takes kind of the tension and the ease off of your side. So his side seemed to be going really, really well. Um, and it kind of gives me the freedom of putting some other baits out there and just seeing how they'll perform. Uh, I ran a lot of, I, I went through a lot of reef runners, just thinking that maybe it would dial up some better fish. Um, even when we were really hot and heavy in the fish, they wouldn't touch it. Um, but that's one of those things where if you don't run it, you won't know. And, uh, you what know, if? yeah, what if exactly. And having the freedom when, when one of the, one of the sides of the boat, one of the, one of the two of us really starts getting them going, then you don't have to search as bad. Um, and it takes a lot of the tension off and you can kind of, you know, Hey, well, I, this bait looks cool. I've never ran this and, and put it out there. And next thing you know, that can be the hottest bait. So I think that's one thing that we do really well with one another is, Kind of feed off of each other kind of take the tension off of one another he's pulling his his he can't keep lines in the boat so that gives me the freedom of being able to tinker with some other colors some other baits and um as a result we ended up 
you know, a, a few of those baits that I ran, a couple of those color patterns, you know, started out producing his side and then, you know, vice versa. My side got hot and then he could start swapping some baits out. And that's something that we always try and do is um, it, it's weird how one color can all of a sudden just change everything. And, and once you get an idea of, you know, it, it's got to have an orange belly, um, then you start pulling every bait out that's got an orange belly and you start running all those. And, and next thing you know, you got six baits with orange bellies and you can't keep any of them in the water. Question for you guys. I know you're offshore tackle guys. Um, with that dirtier water, did you find that sending boards out farther made a difference or were you able to keep the formations kind of tight to the boat? I didn't. I mean, I really didn't. I kind of kept mine. I usually send mine out far. I mean, if you can send it three, if you can send your outside board 300 feet, now you're talking, you know, but, uh, <laughs> I kept them fairly close. I think my outside board, my furthest, you know, always running 60 back on a crankbait with, you know, board clipped down was probably, I don't know, 100, 150. Yeah, I was running I was running my side really close, and I actually was uh, snap weighting my inside. Um, and you can run that on a down rod holder, but I like to use the, the board, even if it's only 10 feet away from the boat. I consider it like a, a, a shock absorber. You know, obviously, if you have your rod in a down rod holder, a fish gets a hold of it. Um, you know, you've got the rod to to give you a little bit of give, but just having that board out ten feet, you know, it gives it a little bit more for them to take. Uh, I think in the cold water that definitely helps, um, so that you're not, you know, all of a sudden you see a rod doubled over and you go to grab it and you're ripping the hook out of their mouth. Uh, it's just something that I feel comfortable doing, and I do run a lot of rod, a lot of baits and rods on on down rod holders, especially when the water's dirty like that, or especially when you're fishing fishing towards the bottom. But eh, our spreads were probably the closest to the boat that we've had them all year long. I mean, like Jeff said, we usually send them out. It's, you almost have to bring binoculars with you to see <laughs> them. You, you know, can gauge, you you can gauge a lot too by the way when that fish hits the way that board sits. If that board starts, you know, if it's sunk back a little bit and it's tipped over on its side you know you got a good fish on you have to really take your time and play with the drag and, and make sure that that board doesn't go into water and, and have to you know it gets that surges down and where's that hole in that fish's mouth and you end up losing it but i don't know i, I the dirty water i kind of tend to keep it maybe mid-range closer to the boat nice yeah one thing that eric talked about was that offshore tackle snap weight system that's an awesome kit that offshore offers it's got tons of different weights and it'll set you up for any condition guys i think we had a pretty big announcement we just posted on social media involving uh what i believe is the biggest uh one day event now in the state of michigan for walleye fishing well i guess uh i'll get started with this uh, may madness um was started by jeff uh five years ago correct yeah five years ago um, it was Jeff's idea that kind of the whole, the whole thought process was let's have a tournament in May that's um, close to fish where anybody can fish it, whether you're the guy that's got the $70,000 boat or you've got, you know, the, the $1,000 duck boat, you, you can get close to or you can get right into good fishing grounds. Um, a lot of hard work, a lot of um, people have gotten on board, a lot of very good sponsors. Um, once we got the walleye club, uh, or Jeff got the walleye club involved, it took everything to the next level. You had a lot more people that were um, putting a lot of effort into making this happen. Um, we've, it's been growing each year. Um, we wanted to, in the fifth year, do something uh, special and something really big. And Just so we made, 
made that happen. Um, everybody got on a board. Everybody realized uh, how big of an opportunity this is to showcase the lake, to showcase our club, um, to showcase the fish that we have here and the fishing that we have here. Um, so it's very big. I mean, there's a lot of people that really had to uh, stick their necks out in order to make this happen. Um, it wouldn't be possible without that hard work. It wouldn't be possible without the, the sponsors that we have, which we appreciate. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's not about us. It's about the lake. It's about the club. It's That's about right. the fishery. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people who overlook Lake Sinclair. It's, it's known as a musky lake. It's known as a smallmouth lake. And for us diehard walleye guys, uh, we believe that we're right up there with some of the best walleye fisheries. And uh, unfortunately, with being surrounded by the Great Lakes and having a lot of really good walleye fishing close to us, it's hard to get people to come here to walleye fish. And I think once you put a, you know, a, a, a big price tag on it like that, it, you know, a lot of people are, are, that were on the fence are saying, hey, this, this lake is more than maybe what I, I thought it was. And there's some good fish coming out of there and there's a big tournament on it. And I want to go and uh, try it out. I think that this, it's it's a it's a great time and it's uh you know like i said a lot of hard work and we're ecstatic about it and looking forward to having a lot of new people come down and fish this lake jeff if you would tell us the big news eric kind of hinted at it since this has been something that uh you've dreamed about and put together and, and just rallied the troops with the right people with the club and sponsors tell us about what's special about this fifth year well of first May of Madness. all i would just like to say that this this wouldn't be possible at Lake St. Clair Walleye Association. Those guys have been behind us since day one this tournament started, and I cannot say, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm blown away. I, that, you know, it's just $10,000 guaranteed first place for a one-day shootout. It's the biggest one-day tournament in the state of Michigan, walleye tournament, and it's just great to finally get this lake on the map. You got Walleye Club, um, they got, you know, Part of the, the entry fee money goes to the Lake St. Clair Walleye Association rearing ponds to, to help get these walleyes raised and, and throughout the state of Michigan. Um, you've, you've got other organizations looking at Lake St. Clair now. Um, Michigan Walleye Tours coming here in the first week of June. Um, it's just, it's unbelievable. So I'm, I'm pretty hyped and I, I, I can't thank these guys enough for, uh, for backing this event all these years. Well, you guys heard it. Biggest one day shootout in the state of Michigan for walleye fishing. Be sure to check it out. Um, it's on social media now. We have a date lined up, and be sure to tune in and find out more updates as we continue to develop the event with our sponsors. Guys, I want to thank you for your time, and uh, I think it's almost time to get out of here because they're shutting the lights off on oh, yeah. us. So yep. thank Absolutely. you guys so much, and uh, just want to thank the club and uh, all of our sponsors for helping us put together the best one-day tournament in the state of Michigan, and it's going to be right here on Lake St. Clair.